Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to uh, level 193 of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. And uh, I'm just going to be open and honest. Uh, coming up is a, a big political rant about something that, that's been weighing on me that I think is important. Uh, so uh, basically in about about 30 seconds, you can skip forward seven minutes if you if you aren't interested in hearing my thoughts on uh, anything going down in, in Minnesota with George Floyd. But um, there's just some stuff I had to get off my chest, and uh, this is my place to do so. But uh, this will be a solo episode full of geek news and, and all that good stuff, and hopefully uh, some some hilarity in the midst of me, uh, me feeling a, a little bit down by what's going on in the world right now. But before we do that... Uh, you know, like I said, if you don't want to listen to it, that's okay. But if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're like-minded about equality and fairness in the world. But yeah, you can you skip ahead by seven minutes as of now. So I did give you some fair warning, but this has really been just weighing on my heart and my soul with everything going on in Minnesota with George Floyd. Anybody who's listening to podcast knows I'm really hate injustice and all the good stuff. But I figure, you know, with everything there, this is my platform where I talk about life, the universe, and everything, and this this is a, about life, and I'm just going to come right out and say, if you're listening to the podcast, hopefully you agree with me, uh, you know, it's not all lives matter, like, the lives of people of color matter, and, and specifically in the case of George Floyd, I I stand with the with the sentiment of Black Lives Matter, and it's it's not about everybody's life, because as, as a cisgendered white male Wookiee, I have so much privilege, it's, I don't know, I, I guess it's not unfortunate, because my life life is good but sometimes i wish i could just take take portions of my privilege and give them to people i have too many friends or people of color that that just you know friends that don't call the police because they worry about you know what the outcome might be i i have friends who've shared you know their great great grand uncle was lynched in the south because they could read back in a time when there was very very unfair tests for for being having the right to vote, and I guess maybe this is coming off of I'm, I'm currently reading books for for the grad school semester coming up, and I'm reading lots of books on the Civil War because that's one of my concentrations, and just just thinking like you know, 1865 when the war ends, you know, oh yeah, and slavery, but the the world is not fair, and, and a disproportionate amount of people of color are, are negatively impacted by by law enforcement so much to the point where where children are raised different you know as as a young child i was told not to mess with the police but it wasn't because you know ran the risk of being shot or hassled and i mean i was a punk rock kid when i so i definitely pulled the attention of the police much much more but i think uh i just wanted to take the the time to say i i stand with with all the people and this is my platform so i can i can talk about it if i will but i'm just gonna say right right out there if you're if you're not you know somebody who is african-american or latino it probably isn't your place to to really have an opinion i think lots of people want to talk about rioting and looting you know it, it does say something when you don't say anything about about the people who are murdered uh and and then you complain about the results you know a discontented community that feels they have absolutely no voice yet you know the the way an, an unheard voice can get media attention is definitely by by you know civil action and uncivil action and unfortunately yes it does impact people and uh it's it's not fair but these are people outraged and you know i didn't didn't see a lot of a lot of white people on facebook talking about it until there was a threat to capitalism so to speak so wow it finally got you talking about it at least for a moment until you forget about it and move on to the next thing and i think that's really interesting of course because this is a, a podcast all about geek stuff and i definitely want to get to to talking about to the happy things but I, I didn't didn't feel on my conscience that i i could just start the podcast and not say something i mean it's more than george floyd there's dontre hamilton eric garner renisha mcbride john crawford the third michael brown ezel ford laquan mcdonald akai Gurley, tamir rice antonio martin jerame reed charlie lando Konang, tony robinson 
Anthony Hill, Megan Hockaday, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, William Chapman, Jonathan Sanders, Sandra Bland, Samuel DeBose, Jeremy McDowell, Corey Jones, Jamar Clark, Ayana Jones, Rakia Boyd, Abdullahi Omar Muhammad, Jock Clemens, Jonathan Sanders, Jonathan Farrell, Bruce Kelly Jr., Alton Sterling, Philandro Castle, Joseph Mann, Abdan Amin Abdi, Paul O'Neill, Corin Gaines, Silville Smith, Terrence Crutcher, Lamont Scott, Alfred Olengo, Deborah Danner, and this this isn't even a complete list. These are just all names of people either shot or murdered but that weren't weren't white people, didn't have privilege uh, by by police. And that's not to say that all police are bad, but if if you're a murderer like the man who who put his knee on the neck of George Floyd and murdered him on TV, I listen. The, even the Minneapolis mayor said. You know, the television showed a white man murdering a black man on television. If you murder, you you get charged and hopefully uh, you get, you know, you get arrested and hopefully charged for your crimes. Because, yeah, and when when there is injustice, people people lash out. And, and you know, we don't want war on the streets. We don't, but something needs to be done. And I guess this is just me at least uh, throwing out there how I feel. If you don't agree, sorry. Thanks for listening to to everything there. But really, if, if you're one of those people that just wants to concentrate on on the rioting or looting and not talk about the man that was murdered, or if you if you want to just be like all lives matter, okay, okay. But if you're if you're coming from a place of privilege, that that's just really if you don't if you don't agree that it's important for equality, uh, you probably just shouldn't be listening to the podcast because I, I I definitely feel that way, and I know I will not be be spending the beginning of every podcast with the political message. This is one time it just sort of weighed on me, and I felt that something needed to be said. There are things that can be done. There are petitions that can be signed, and you're like, oh, those don't make a difference. Hey, there's some people that have come up with some ingenious ways to get you sign the petition, and it, it goes to the legislators. You have your own legislators that you can write to. Uh, there are organizations that you can donate money to. I won't, I won't say specific, but you can go on BlackLivesMatter.com and and see if that's something, or or find find a way to to just bring about equality because it's important. And 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 I'm not going to keep rambling on, but. Thank you, thank you for listening to, to my seven or so minutes of, of talking about it because I felt it was important. And, and yeah, yeah, um, a man was murdered. Many other men and women have been murdered or unfairly treated, and, and something needs to be done about it. And uh, if you have a platform, you should say something, but it's, it's not just on, a, not on your Facebook. Yeah, it's, it's wherever you can, everywhere. And you can do beautiful things. I saw, I saw a row of white faces standing between police and, and people protesting and stuff like that and more. But uh, it's important. And, and, and vote with your conscience and vote with your heart for, for the right people. And I won't say who to vote for, but I know who I'm not going to vote for. And uh, that's enough. But with that, we'll just move on to, uh, to some geek news. And uh, but really, I will say Black Lives Matter, and and they do. And uh, if you don't like that, you can probably go fuck yourself because because it's important. It's important to to stand for people that can't stand for themselves. And 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 I, I felt I just needed to. I do have privilege. I'm privileged to do this podcast. I'm privileged for all of you to listen. And uh, I'll just say my piece before we start. Now let's get to some fun. Sound good? Well, I don't really know how to how to ramp up and get into uh, all the. All the geeky news, you know, after after something heavy like that. Um, but I, I thought it was important. I thought it was important to, to say names, you know, put put names to. Uh, I wish it, <laughs> if it's a visual podcast, I'd be showing pictures. But uh, we will we'll get into uh, all the geeky stuff, and you know, in the midst of all the the coronavirus and uh, and the inequality in the world, there, there's lots of geek news, and uh, definitely we rely on pop culture as a distraction sometimes when the world is just shit. And uh, one place that brings me ultimate joy is the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs Facebook group, where uh, over 500 people post all sorts of <laughs> silly, geeky stuff in the world, and it's wonderful. And uh, I, I th- I'm thankful to every single person that participates. And and what I do is I've I've started taking you know the stuff from there and talking about it on the podcast because I know not everybody does the book of faces. And uh, if you don't. Then you can share it, and also just gives me an opportunity to maybe talk a little bit more than the the words that you write in a comment or whatever. But you, if you're on Facebook, join the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs group. It's a closed group, but you just ask to join, and we say yes, and uh, you can come enjoy it. And if you want to know my my legal name, it's it's right there. I don't use a a special Facebook account to to communicate with people, although I don't advertise my name here on the podcast. But that's okay. 
it's it's not really a secret, but it it's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. But the fantabulous fuzzball focus is where we do the triple F. We talk everything, and we'll just start off with just people bringing the funny. My buddy Corey with the shot through the heart, and you're to blame, Yu-Gi-Oh, the card game. Oh, fucking Corey, that was stuck in my head for far too long. And now that I've sung it, it's probably going to be stuck in my head again. But I forgive you, because you are a very funny guy, and that was a, a very funny image. Dominique, her, uh, her, her funny game has been on point. I'm very, very pleased with uh, all the stuff that that they've been throwing down but a star wars star wars jokes uh, there was a, a image a, a real photo that if it doesn't make you think of hoth then then i don't know how we can be friends because because it really it, at a distance you're just like oh my god are those are those ATATs? and then uh, a yoda pig which really made me smile a pig with yoda on his forehead uh either the luckiest or the the most unlucky pig in the world then a really funny image of a uh, single glasses uh for mike wazowski and uh <laughs> of course every time i see see the word mike wazowski i think mike wazowski like it has to be shouted i even had a buddy when i was in the military that his name was mike and that's what i always yelled mike wazowski i even uh we were living in japan so i uh, went to uh, to visit well back then i only had a, one kid but uh, visiting my oldest who's almost 21 god i'm old but uh yeah, visiting and went to DCA and saw Mike Wazowski plushie and took it back to him for him to put on his his surf, which uh, sort of like a Land Cruiser in Okinawa. They have different names. Anyways, got it to him and then the sun bleached it out. But yeah, Mike Wazowski, something that needs to be shot. Mike Wazowski! <laughs> and uh, Monsters Incorporated, of course, is, is special to me because uh, when uh, when my oldest was little, looked they looked a lot like Boo. And so I was Sully and they were Boo. And it was great. And if you're, if you're listening, Boogie... Shout out. I love you. Uh, and I know, I know my, if my kid was listening, definitely pumping their hand like, look at you, dad. Talk, talk about the inequality. And yeah, sure, kid. I, I probably shouldn't have even said anything since I am a white male. But um, it's fine. I just felt something need to be said. But uh, what else? Oh, with the funny Kyle sharing the, the Yoda bagels and the Anakin bagels. Whenever there's an Anakin joke that has to do with him being burned, it... Uh, it brings a little joy to my heart. <laughs> and then uh, Lauren shared a, a really funny uh, Ray, a drop of golden sun. Uh, I love all the Ray last name memes where they take that scene from the end of Rise of Skywalker. And then if somebody show up besides Luke and Leia to change your name. I still think Ray Ray Binks with Jar Jar is my, is my favorite. But uh, with... with uh, the the sound of music and ray a drop of golden sun that was that was pretty solid and then alec made me laugh with uh, the conspiracy theory that coronavirus is all about spirit halloween stores getting new places to open up their shops <laughs> i do not go for conspiracy theories normally uh but this one made me laugh uh it's not what's actually happening but uh i can appreciate a little bit of levity in the middle of all the craziness of the world but that's all the jokes. There's cool news of people sharing. Corey shared the news that Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is going to be re-released in theaters for the 10th anniversary. Holy hell, that movie's 10 years old. I guess it doesn't feel like that long. It's just a decade. But but uh, yeah, it's 10 years old. And uh, this might not be happening in August like uh, director Edgar Wright had originally planned. But it uh, will be sometime in 2021. And uh, I think that would be really cool for people to go see Scott Pilgrim. Uh, versus the world in theaters because that movie's great a lot more people should have seen it uh, just didn't didn't hit like it should have and that's a shame it, back in the day when we did a, a top 10 comic book movies it definitely ranked really really high on on all of our lists and uh, i think it was my number two on my list um, and i believe danny's as well just a, a really freaking good movie if you haven't seen it, it it's it's good edgar ray uh, does good movies period but uh, that that is one of one of my favorites of his. Corey also posted an article um, about Kate Blanchett's casting as Lilith for the Eli Roth directed Borderlands movie adaptation. Won't say much more. I talked about it on the last episode, but it's cool. Kate uh, Blanchett always always a wise choice. I've, I've played the Borderlands game, I think, because of Blue when I was living with them. I don't really have a a, a dog in this race. But uh, yeah, yeah, why not? It could be really cool. And with Eli Roth, definitely bloody and dark. So, um, yeah, presumably there will be a hostel involved, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what else? Jonathan shared a, a fan trailer for Lord Vader, Star Wars story. I always think it's cool when fans cut together existing footage to spark interest in something new. Um, that said, the fanboy in me can't help but know where some of this footage comes from. 
Um, but the video game footage that was cut in was a nice touch. There's a couple of things that I hadn't seen. And while I don't think we need to see a young Vader film, since there's some really amazing comics uh, out in the world, uh, you know, it, it was neat. And uh, because of the world of fan service that we live in, it probably will happen someday that we're going to get a Vader film. Um, but for now, not in the cards. Um, in the what the heck department, James shared the news of the hashtag release to Snyder Cut being a real thing coming to HBO Max in 2021. Uh, that I actually first saw this news on Laugh It Up Fuzzballs. Uh, James was very timely and put it in up. And that's right. Scott, Scott Snyder's version of the Justice League movie is apparently actually a thing and actually happening. And now geeks everywhere have to find something new to petition about besides that in Star Wars. Uh, and it's it's crazy. I can't. I, I, it just sort of blows my mind that that is happening. But it, it's good business for HBO Max to get people people to subscribe because people are interested. And you know, I'm not subscribing to HBO Max right now. But uh, I I might I might for a month just to to see what the, the Snyder Cut actually is. Just because I'm so curious. It's it's like like car wreck curious. Like you want to see a dead body, like stand by me curious. I just, yeah, I really, I really need to see whatever it is. Uh, in this line of thought and mainly because of fan entitlement and perceived success, um, based on outcry, Danny, the dude shared the hashtag make solo Two happen is a thing again. Uh, they started back in 2018, but fans hope to make their desires come to reality. Like, uh, the fans of the, the releasing the Snyder cut did. We should note that screenwriter, uh, James Caston says this is most likely not going to happen because it's a tough sell, especially considering the movie only made 112 million over its 275 million budget. I could see this as a movie for Disney Plus if they wanted to go that route, and I would love to see more of Alden Ehrenreich and uh, Amelia Clark, Jonas Sotamo, and, and Donald Glover in that world, especially Donald Glover as Lando. I, I think that really would be the way to do it instead of Solo 2, make a Lando movie. Lando is Star Wars story, uh, but I mean, we have to keep in mind that Solo is. The movie that was responsible for Bob Iger deciding to slow the roll uh, of uh, Star Wars, the rollout of Star Wars, if you will. But never say never. Uh, with with Disney Plus and and with the the weirdness of uh, of the HBO Max and the Snyder Cut, there there's always possibilities, and that that Snyder Cut proves that nothing is out of the realm of impossibility. Danny also shared news of uh, a virtual reality experience: Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge. Uh, presumably for the Oculus system, and these are from the same people that did the three episodes of Vader Immortal. And while I have not played any of the episodes of Vader Immortal, I've heard really, really, really good things about it. And uh, I probably should get Darth John to actually like play that and like report on it and talk all about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, really cool news. And uh, that just means more and more cool Star Wars virtual reality stuff. There's that that thing that Danny did at uh, Downtown Disney, which you can't do right now, of course, because of all the coronavirus stay-at-home crap. But um, yeah, where you can, where it's based, I think it's set during Rogue One, K2SO's in it. And uh, yeah, that's something that's on my list. I think Danny actually said he wanted to do it again. Me, him and Blue talked about uh, going to do it. But yeah, really cool VR stuff, and that's that's neat. It's neat. We live, we live in the sci-fi world that we only dreamed about when we were kids, or at least if you're as old as I am. <laughs> of course, uh, there, there's news that uh, that I shared. Uh, actually, this uh, this bout of news I, I shared the most, which uh, which is fine. I mean, it is technically my page. Not even technically, it's actually my page. So <laughs> uh, when I don't when I don't see news up there, I'm more than willing to drop stuff. Um, I shared a funny article from my buddy Georgie uh, about HBO execs actually agreed to uh, the Snyder Cut because they all discovered that their moms are named Martha, and that article made me laugh for a good time. And it's it's good to laugh. And uh, what's your name, Martha? My mom's Martha. Release the Snyder Cut, Martha. <laughs> of course, that's Batman v Superman. That is not the Justice League movie, but uh, that's fine. Martha is in the Justice League movie. <laughs> At least Martha can't, because uh, Bruce Wayne's mom is dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, Joseph shared uh, the trailer for the Ahmed Best, Ahmed Best hosted Jedi Temple Challenge game. It's going to air on YouTube, Star Wars Kids Channel, very soon, early June. If you like the kids' game shows in the 90s, especially Legends of the Hidden Temple, you will be like a lot of us that wish they were 12. 
Uh, and actually, I'm like, how do I how do I get some of my kids on this show? Like that would ah oh, man, that'd be so cool. It it just looks amazing. I'm like, oh my goodness, high production value, lots of cool challenges, and uh, definitely something I'm going to be checking out when it drops early June. Uh, Blue shared a really rad image of a Star Wars mashup with Avatar: The Last Airbender. I do say the whole name so you don't think this is connected to James Cameron's Blue Cat People Dances with Wolves ripoff with their their eco message within the movie and appa is chewbacca is my everything i will say i i i'm not completely well versed in avatar uh something i should probably fix since it's on netflix but uh, I, I do recognize the characters and uh, i always i'm always very interested when people do the mashups who who they make into chewbacca and that was a no-brainer uh the spirit animal for ang really a no-brainer so cool cool <laughs> thanks for sharing blue uh, I, asked, I shared some other stuff. I shared a couple videos. There was an X-Wing video set to Top Gun's Danger Zone, uh, which is just really, really good. Watched that one too many times. I shared a modern-style trailer for Empire Strikes Back, which was uh, sent to me by Carry On Couple podcast host Ryan, who is now too cool for the Facebook app on his phone and probably smarter than me for doing that because uh, with everything with the pandemic and, of course, uh, George Floyd, my uh, feed is full of of sadness and anger and people stopping being friends and it's just unfortunate uh but yeah that modern trailer of empire strikes back really really cool yeah and i i love when people do that sort of stuff on the internet i think uh, those are examples of when the internet's good for something or for sharing uh cool mashup pictures those those are those are good things but social media is also important for uh for talking about important things so uh, i won't i won't say that's that's not the case but um what else? I shared a. Oh, <laughs> this news has me so freaking stoked. Muppets Now, the show on Disney Plus in July. F- fuck to the yeah. I love me some Muppets. I love me some Muppets so, so much. And uh, it was really funny because this news dropped uh, after having a, a really nice unrecorded geek hangout with uh, me, Blue, and, and Danny. Pro- properly social distanced. We even wore masks. <laughs> like. Yeah, we, we, we did the responsible thing. We got to hang out and we talked about uh, Muppet Treasure Island and loving the Muppets. And then the next day this news dropped and I was like, the universe knows and doesn't really. It has nothing to do with me. I'm not that special. But uh, it's, it's always nice when a, when a blind squirrel finds a nut, if you will. Uh, one of the most recent posts by me, uh, Breakdown by Newsarama of all the comic book television coming sometime in the future. And holy wow. Is it is it a, a lot of content? It, it is it is too, too, too much content. Like like seriously, it like uh, it. So the the I watch I watch a bunch of shows. I watch I do watch a bunch of shows, and uh, there's some DC Universe shows that I want to watch that I have access to that I haven't even watched yet. But on on this list, twenty six on the list that they say are currently airing with 16 more upcoming in the year alone freaking 42 shows and then in 2021 there's uh 10 more shows and then uh seven shows in production of some sort and then 149 shows in some sort of development and i'm not certain that i counted the list of shows in development exactly right i may have missed a couple but i mean when you're when you're talking 42 shows and then adding adding you know 10 uh, and then 149. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> like it's just it's just way too much content, and uh, I I cannot promise that I will watch every single geek thing that's out there. But I do watch a lot of it, and if it sparks my interest, I try to get to it. And uh, just wowza, what a time to be alive! Yeah, yeah. There is there's stuff in the world that sucks, and then there's there's stuff in the world that that certainly doesn't, or can at least uh, take your mind off of it. I also shared a romance romance novel cover. Some some guy made for Kylo and Rey uh, and The Last Jedi. I guess this was a whole thing on Twitter that I had no clue about based on the hashtag Tender is the Storm, which is uh, a really bad, like, steamy romance novel. Uh, but the cover that this guy made is funny and uh, does encapsulate the silliness of Raylo for me. And uh, I, I wanted to share it because I, I thought it was neat. Uh, lastly, and most current, I did uh, post the breaking news that uh, Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson has signed on to direct a sequel to the 1986 Jim Henson Company movie Labyrinth. This is uh, a renaissance of Jeva Henson, if you will. They had their Dark Crystal show, and uh, they uh, are working on Muppets content and, and doing Fraggle Rock, and, and now apparently making a sequel 
to Labyrinth. And I have a lot of feelings. I think I said I'm like 50% anticipation and and 50% like hesitation. Like this could be really, really good or it could be really, really bad. There are a lot of really great things that have come out celebrating the nostalgia of the 1980s. So I, I think they could make a movie that definitely has that feel. And I and I also think you know there's there's a place where Jennifer Connelly can come back. Uh, maybe maybe her kids, maybe even she's involved. Or but the biggest thing is they they have to find an amazing Jareth the Goblin King. And uh, who could do it besides Bowie? Like for me, the names that popped off my head were like Adam Lambert and uh, Darren Chris from Glee. Because uh, I just think both of them have the have the appropriate. I just think they could pull off that. And of course, Adam Lambert, you know, Adam Glambert at one point uh, had had the big, uh, you know, Bowie hair at some point. And I, I just think, you know, in my in my mind's eye, that sounds like a good thing. But uh, we we'll see. Scott Derrickson, horror director, he was going to do Doctor Satmom, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, but he, he bowed out of it. And all reports are because he really wanted to do some scary stuff. And uh, a lot of the names that that they looked at for uh, for the Labyrinth movie were horror directors. I don't have the list of the people there, but uh, maybe maybe it means it's going to be darker. Yeah, and and speaking of dark, not really, <laughs> but uh, it sounded like a fun segue uh, because I'm 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 evil, I suppose. Uh, there was some fun on the page with me trying to get people to tell Danny that Darth Maul doesn't suck, but apparently um, a lot more people aren't too into him than are, and that's okay. And some Boba Fett hate came out, and that's that's fine too. Uh, so Danny, I guess you're vindicated, uh, even though we haven't pub- published the episode where that conversation even comes from, uh, cause I wanted to give uh, blue the two weeks to actually, uh, watch the thing that he talked about when he hadn't watched it. <laughs> but, uh, I also posted a tournament bracket pitting classic action, sci-fi fantasy, animated and horror movies against each other. And I, I just, I like the debate it engendered. I like the, the different people in the group talking about who should win. Uh, I still think the winner should be Star Wars or Indy, but I do understand Avengers carrying it for a lot of people. Also a couple of potheads, like in Harry Potter, and then uh, looking at you, Jerry, you big pothead. And then uh, there are some Lord of the Rings fans in the group. And you know what the the real truth is, it's all it's all subjective stuff. Uh, you know, my, my buddy Arvin thinks John Wick all the way to the end, and that's okay. Uh, you know, and, and, and his opinion actually got me to watch those John Wick films, which I'll talk about. A little bit later but yeah I, I just like I like people people talking about their fandoms and I like the the friendly debate and uh, yeah it was good I appreciated it and uh, <laughs> Terry I don't think uh, you ever gave us your uh, your response so uh, get on that bud but uh, we're gonna move from the fantabulous fuzzballs focus to uh, let the wiki win which is where I talk about uh, some Star Wars news that was not on the laugh it up fuzzballs group and uh, what do we got? Uh, you know, whenever when I've been doing these uh, these let the wiki wins, I just sort of like you know different Star Wars stuff, and it's it's always Star Wars. Literally, I I taught the eight month old to, to lightsaber fight. He had the the blue the blue golf club stick. I had the red golf club stick, and we uh, we battled. I even got a great shot of his his five year old brother like laying on the ground, looking like he's he was dead with a red lightsaber in his hand, and the the baby's on top of him holding a blue lightsaber. <laughs> And and there's always always pictures with Chewbacca or whatnot. But I was actually thinking, uh, I had a conversation with someone about Ayla Sakura, you know, the blue Jedi Jedi Twilight female lady, sexy person from uh, the prequels. And uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it like actually Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. You know, this this all comes down to you know me wondering if Star Wars Celebration is even going to happen in August because of everything going on with the pandemic. But I did get to meet the actress that plays Ayla Sakira, and uh, it was it was really neat because uh, first and foremost, I got a a photo signed for one of my buddies who who trolled over her more more than others <laughs> we uh we had uh lockers this is when i worked in ambulance services in the military and we had we we worked 24-hour shifts so we had a locker for for our stuff and uh you know i actually had a, a image of a uh, bear midriff padme amidala on my locker and he definitely had had an image of ayla zakira she, when she shows up there played by amy allen in the in the jedi temple in episode one or well, i'm not sure it was episode one or episode two but uh, i want to say 
Say episode one, you're just like, who the heck is that, man? She's pretty. And uh, my buddy Steven was was all, all about, <laughs> all about uh, her showing up. And I'm pretty sure it was episode one, because then in episode two, she actually gets to fight in Geonosis in the Clone Wars. And then, of course, it has an has honor of you actually seeing what happens to her during during uh, Order 66. So uh, and and just somebody who worked for Lucasfilm that actually got to got to be in the movie and, and become a character where people remember her name. But uh, when the my point is when I when I actually uh, got to meet her and get the the picture signed, the, the hilarious thing is uh, you think it'd just be me like stuttering and, and not talking, but no, my beautiful Heather actually had like a five minute conversation with uh, Alyssa Kira all all about having babies, <laughs> like being pregnant and having babies. And uh, me, me just standing there, just like this is weird. <laughs> like, Ayla Zakira got kids, man. The Wookiee got kids, man. But um, yeah, it uh, it, it was just, it's just that's the the randomness of my brain. For, there's your Star Wars randomness for this uh, podcast. Uh, we do have to sort of start the the Star Wars news with just some ah, man. The world sometimes sucks, and uh, coronavirus. Rest in peace. Well, two people from uh, from the COVID nineteen connected to the Star Wars universe. Sound engineer Ken Nightingall uh, at ninety. And if you don't know who Ken Nightingall is, uh, basically pink shorts and a boom mic in Tunisia. Uh, yeah, so pink shorts guy, the guy holding the boom mic, wearing nothing but pink shorts. That uh, really really fascinated a lot of people. And uh, at ninety, a whole bucket of win, but you know, sad. And then uh, Charles Lippincott at age eighty. And if you don't, if you don't know who Charles Lippincott is, the latter, he's the man who made Star Wars popular to audiences in the seventies or in the late seventies before the space opera was well known. He's the reason that there were there were sold out crowds and lines at, at Grauman's Chinese Theater. Um, he went to conventions. He helped with the toy deal with Kenner. He basically started the the first buzz for something that's now culturally omnipresent. You know, there was there was a time when no one knew what a Star War was, and uh, Charles Lippincott helped helped to to make sure that wasn't the case. And uh, now now we live in the world where where Star Wars is everywhere. It's it's completely everywhere. And uh, just hats off to both those men. You know, whether it's making sure the sound sounds good in the desert with your pink shorts, or whether it's uh, helping start. The, lighting the spark that fuels the fire of Star Wars. <laughs> if you if you want some uh, badly quoted Rogue One, <laughs> but what else in the Star Wars news? Uh, there's more Timothy Oliphant Mandalorian news. Uh, now the skinny is that he was seen in Boba Fett armor, and now people are talking about Cobb Vanth and Freetown on Tatooine, and that that has me excited. I think that sounds great. I really like Chuck Wendig's little uh little snippets that uh that segmented the chapters of the aftermath books and Cobb Vanth was a, a character that really really enticed me I thought uh thought that was really really neat and uh is it is it the man under the armor that that makes it Boba Fett or is it the the well-known armor you know the Jango Fett armor painted green <laughs> and uh, I think I think there's some good stuff that could be done there and then it makes me even more curious for who Tamara Morrison is gonna play is it captain rex or is is boba fett gonna be like motherfucker that's my armor <laughs> and uh if it's done right in the midst of a, a good a good show about the mandalorian i i'm interested i've seen some people online wondering uh with all the casting andor casting news if enfys nest is gonna appear in the series and uh, there's really not an answer to that but it's just it's cool to get you thinking I think uh, Enfys Nest and her crew would be would be a fun addition to an episode of the Casting Andor series, and I, I really hope they explore that fledgling rebellion and everything going down. And yeah, it, it would be interesting because you know when we get to Rogue One, the rebellion has has separated ways from from Saw Gerrera and and save the rebellion, save the dream, <laughs> and his poor gullet, but um. Yeah, they, there was a time where they were doing stuff together, and that would be interesting. I think uh, I think there could be some goodness there. Another uh, Star Wars news. What else? Oh, I saw I saw an entire thing talking about Galaxy's Edge. That uh, the original plan for Galaxy's Edge was not the planet Batu, but a uh, Mos Eisley spaceport, and uh, it got me a little bit like nostalgic, sad. Like, man, that would have been so cool if it had been Mos Eisley. But I get what they did with uh, having the planet. You know, that you do have to look forward with the with the sequel 
series and uh also you know batu like being connected but not being connected you know there's a comic and some books uh but you know where people get to go out and live their own star wars adventure and moss eisley is is so stuck like even even in the mandalorian when they go to moss eisley you're you're thinking a new hope and you maybe maybe even thinking phantom menace <laughs> or, or at least me and danny thinking about uh crime lord droids from from jabba's palace but uh, Batu makes more sense, and also in in California and Florida, it does rain, and that's not to say that it never rains in Tatooine. But I I have never seen it, and uh, as an entirely desert planet, uh, it rains entirely too much in Florida for that to make sense on the on the planet of Tatooine. So on Batu, they get to have more rain, and uh, if for no other reason than real world weather conditions impacting your uh, your experience. But uh, yeah. What? Oh, there's one more Star Wars thing. Oh, this oh, sort of bummed me out. Uh, but Star Wars, the High Republic books have been delayed. So uh, Charles Soule's book was actually supposed to come out pretty soon. I was looking forward to reading it this summer. I believe it was August. But now his book is uh, January 2021. Uh, specifically January 5th, 2021. So his book, Light of the Jedi, and then Christina Ireland's A Test of Courage are going to be available to read July or January 5th, 2021. And then Claudia Gray's Into the Dark is going to be available February 2nd, 2021. And then there's going to be more announcements, presumably this summer. But uh, because of everything going on, the books have been delayed. And that stinks, because uh, I know there was a news story by me that it wasn't delayed. But uh, the these things happen, I suppose. But that is all the Star Wars news. We'll move over to... Uh, flavor of the geek and uh some other geeky flavors that we can talk about um if you did not know the dcw arrowverse shows are not back until january 2021 that's batwoman flash black lightning and then the new show superman and lois uh supergirl and legends of tomorrow probably not back until spring 2021 uh, but you don't have to be completely sad because uh, the that news about them acquiring Swamp Thing, that means fall 2020, you're going to get to see the 10 episodes of that DC Universe Swamp Thing show. Uh, and then, of course, as of right now, I don't know how many episodes um, Stargirl is, but that's going on over the summer. Um, and then, you know, all these shows are available on Netflix. They have that deal. So if you need to catch up, you've got time. You can go and watch... All those shows. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say watch Supergirl first. But but Legends is, is silly and fun uh, and and great to watch. And you know I love my boy Flash. Uh, but Bat Batwoman the first season is definitely checking out. I think that's actually on Netflix and HBO Max. Um, and then even Black Lightning. If if you want if you want a show that deals some with the quality and and lives. Lives Mattering, uh, it's right there in, in Black Lightning. They really do get into a social message. It's not too heavy-handed, but uh, it's good and uh, enjoyable. So that's that's everything there for the, the DCW shows. I did see a, a news article that Henry Cavill is going to return to the Superman role in DC movies, but not necessarily Man of Steel. He may have uh, struck a deal to be, you know, maybe in Shazam, maybe in Aquaman, maybe, uh, probably not in Wonder Woman 1984, since that's already shot. And just delayed because of all the pandemic stuff. But uh, being in, and, and one can hope maybe even in a Man of Steel 2. Uh, but I, I'm happy to see that, you know, while these characters from the from the Scott Snyder verse, if you will, uh, that, that are still out there, that we could see more as Henry Cavill as the Big Blue Boy Scout. I, I really think uh, think he, need, he needs more time. And I would love some more, some more Superman stuff. There uh, is a rumor that WB is backing up dump trucks of money to Robert Downey Jr. to get him into the DC Universe. This is uh, from that one site. We got it covered. But that, that site eerily gets a lot of different things right. And there has been reports that uh, DC's tried to snipe all the Chris's from the Marvel Universe. So uh, it just just looks that um, the DC Universe is, is trying to, to get their feet under them. And good for them because when... when a, a, a rising tide lifts all ships and uh, I, I think uh, it would be great to have good Marvel movies and good DC movies because uh, certainly uh, if you go back and look at all the DC movies they haven't all been so great uh, oh there's other news so I, I talked about the Snyder Cut already in the Fantabulous Fuzzballs Focus but there's there's more news it's reportedly over four hours long uh, it's going to feature some new effects some good effects uh, maybe released episodically on HBO Max. Probably not. Well, it's not coming until 2021, but 
But there's even news that the actors may return for stuff, whether it just be voiceover or maybe even actually like scenes that are shot. Uh, and this does prove that sometimes fans get what they want. Uh, now to hope this isn't a case of getting the movie, uh, of not getting the movie you wanted, but the movie you deserved. <laughs> And uh, Snyder did say this will be an entirely new thing, and he's even shared an image of Darkseid on his social media, a color version of an image that he shared earlier, basically. But, you know, wow, just to see Darkseid. Darkseid's coming to HBO Max. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Snyder, the ripples from the wave of his cut getting paid for have already started beyond Solo 2 hashtags as fans are now asking for the David Ayer cut of the 2000, what was it, 2017 Suicide Squad film, 2018 Suicide Squad film, uh, and David Ayer tweeting, and then cryptic responses returned from the official AT&T account, which people say may be the, the head of Warner Brothers. Uh, and basically, AT&T was like, anything is possible, all it takes is a little magic. And while it doesn't mean yes, Warner Media and AT&T like money, so subscribers to something like HBO Max based off another desired director's cut of a not-so-great movie <laughs> very potentially could happen. And it, it brings a lot of questions to uh, to director's cuts and everything. I mean, I, I don't... I don't... <sighs> I don't know. Sometimes director cuts are better. Sometimes they're not. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if the ju- just because a movie's bad doesn't mean the director's cut is going to make it better, and and that just is what it is. I know even Danny was talking about the 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 cut of Solo before uh, they changed directors, Ron Howard, and I don't think that would make a big difference. I don't think there's probably like tons of stuff on the cutting room floor, and uh, fortunately, I don't think that's going to happen in the Star Wars universe because I just isn't isn't what it is even when you see a a good cut scene you know the director's cut is the is the cut you got to see in the theater uh there's other news from dc uh the comic sweet tooth by jeff lemire is being adapted for an eight episode live action drama by netflix with robert downey jr producing the show which is interesting news coming with that dc trying to get robert downey jr involved he's already playing nice with them uh, producing the adaptation of Sweet Tooth and, and other names attached, Will Forte and Thanos' dad. That's right, James Brolin is attached to the project. This is about animal-human hybrids in a cataclysmic setting based off a 40-issue run on Vertigo. And uh, I've not read Sweet Tooth, but uh, but it cool. One, one more of the in-production, the 149 shows in production, but this is specifically a... a, a, a a Netflix eight episode thing. And that's it's pretty cool. I saw a rumor that Matt Reeves might have Johnny Depp be his Joker and his The Batman. I you know, I actually don't hate this casting news. I think uh I think Johnny Depp could really bring something interesting to Joker. Uh, hopefully something better than well I hate saying that because Joaquin Phoenix really like swung for the fences and acted his face off. I just didn't like the Joker movie. So yeah. Uh but uh I think I think it could be interesting. I, I, yeah, better than Leto, uh, better than Phoenix, and uh, I, I think it could be interesting and uh, pay off in future movies, and time will tell, but I saw that and I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Uh, also, just little news of stuff coming out if you're looking for things to watch. Uh, June 12th on Amazon Prime, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, and, and whatever your opinion about The Last Jedi, uh, everybody says Knives Out is a really bang-up good movie. I have not seen it yet. But I'm, I'm excited. It's coming on Amazon Prime, and uh, I am an Amazon Prime member, and I'm going to be enjoying the shit out of this movie. Uh, other news, another convention bites the dust. Uh, Sayonara BlizzCon 2020. I'm sure Blizzard is going to announce upcoming games in another format. BlizzCon is basically where Blizzard tells you all about, all about their games. So um, another convention, but a lot of people, this one got me thinking about Star Wars Celebration being canceled because I believe BlizzCon was set for November. And they've already come out and said they're not going to do it. And that, I mean, some of that's just like, you know, what what sort of risk you want to take. And uh, it's it's completely up to the company involved. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Star Wars Celebration does get canceled. And if it does, I'll just move my tickets to the the next whenever, whenever it is rescheduled to. Uh, there was news Robert Kirkman spoke about the origins of the Walking Dead virus. Yes. He's finally said how how people became zombies. And I don't want to spoil it here, but if you're interested, check it out online. Um, but I will say that I think the tip of the hat to George Romero is really, really cool. And that doesn't tell you how it happens, but I just I was like, man, I liked it. When I read it, I was like, all right. 
I dig it. And it doesn't doesn't impact Walking Dead or run anything, which is even better. Uh, there are images of Woody Harrelson's Cletus Cassidy online. Uh, gone is the awful ginger wig. Now the bright object to consider is the red and yellow Hawaiian shirt he's wearing. Uh, his hair looks better as a red flat top. Uh, Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage is set to hit theaters in October. Uh, so there's not too much time before we get to see how Andy Serkis's follow-up to the first film ends up. And I know I'm ready for uh, Tom Hardy's interior monologue uh, with Venom. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. When, when, when I went to go see it in the theater, I enjoyed it way more than I probably had any business enjoying it. And uh, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm interested. I mean, come on. that Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. They're, they're just leaning into it. And it could be could be a lot of fun and i do enjoy woody harrelson so we shall see um frank marshall had some updates on the indy 5 script and director james mangold yes indy 5 coming uh 2021 is what they're what they're shooting for uh james mangold bringing his magic logan hands apparently to the indie universe uh and basically the the script there really isn't one uh, according to frank marshall who is uh the producer uh, it's in process, and that probably has something to do with a new director taking over. Uh, Spielberg originally was going to do it, but now you get uh, you get Mangold, and and Frank Marshall is excited for Mangold bringing a fresh take, and uh, in his words, the ability to twist old-fashioned genres and tropes with just enough postmodern intrigue to result in comforting yet challenging Hollywood movies. Uh, Spielberg is still on the film as a producer. And, uh, of course, Harrison Ford set to reprise Grandpa Indy for, for this movie. And uh, because uh, James Mangold is involved, uh, I guess it's a spoiler for Logan, so you can skip ahead if you don't want it, but Indy's probably going to die. <laughs> and then they'll put a big X over his grave, and then they'll, instead of turning it to make an X, they're going to turn it to make a cross. And then you'll find out he's buried right next to his dad, and you'll roll a tear, and then Indy will be over. Uh, News of Avatar 2 is going to resume filming in New Zealand pretty soon due to the positive results in that country amidst a global pandemic. New Zealand is considered to be one of the safest places in the world right now, and that means uh, they get to go film this. And uh, there's they, they, there's some comparisons in the article I was reading, The Lord of the Rings, and I don't get that because it's blue cat people and dances with wolves. But this sequel is set to follow the Sully family. Uh, because now he's a, a blue cat and he's got a blue cat lady and now he's got blue cat children and uh, basically the whole cast from the first film is coming back to explore what they call an incredible world and that means Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Giovanni Ribisi, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, Joel David Moore uh, and more returning and then new characters with, with names like Kate Winslet, Cliff Curtis, Edie Falco, Brendan Cowell, Michelle Yeoh, Jermaine Clement, Una Chaplin, David Thewlis, and Vin Diesel. So I was like, all those names are in Avatar 2? What in the what? And the, the producer, John Landau, said that each movie, because, you know, Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5 are planned by James Cameron, but that each movie is going to be encapsulated and stand alone as a watchable experience where you won't have to have seen Avatar to enjoy Avatar 2 and, and moving on. His words were, it's a visual and an emotional journey that comes to its own conclusion. And uh, this first movie is set December 17th, 2021. Uh, that's the release for it. And um, more movies every other year. So 2021, 23, 25, and 27. And holy wow, the the lengths uh, some people do with an idea they really love. James Cameron obviously has a big Titanic boner for blue cat people. And, uh, and, and, and Disney's all about it because they got an avatar land in Florida. And, and, and keep it current because uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have gone to Pandora and been like, Man, the the rocks float here. That's that's weird. But uh, what? That's all the news basically to talk about. Uh, I did I did start you off with uh, seven minutes of uh, of you listening to to my uh, my thoughts on the world. So uh, we'll keep going. But uh, I did I did watch a couple quarantine movies. I appreciate everybody letting me do television and movie catch up on the last episode. Uh, but yeah, I watched the John Wick trilogy, and this this has to do with that uh, that bracket that I put up on on Fuzzballs because my buddy Arvin was really upset that uh, I, I I said Indy beat the John Wick trilogy, 
uh, without even having watched John Wick. I've now watched all three of of the John Wick movies. And with that being said, I still I still think Indy Indy wins out. But the John Wick stuff's really really fun. I I really really enjoyed it. It's Chapter One, John Wick Chapter Two, and and John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. If uh, if I had to rank them, I really I give that very first John Wick movie like a a solid solid a and chapter two it's really good they they did a good job i don't think it's better than the original but just by a a small margin i give it an a minus uh john wick chapter three i should have sort of known that it was going to get a little wild when they added like the word parabellum like what is a parabellum i didn't look it up (laughs) but uh i remember seeing the trailer for it and like john wick's riding a horse like what it actually makes sense why he's riding a horse uh, but these movies are frenetic action movies. If you want to see amazing fights, if you want to see John Wick uh, get kick ass and get his ass kicked, you want to see people get shot, you want to see people get stabbed, shot in the head, uh, and a movie that's not all about nudity, it's just about gratuitous, gratuitous hitman violence. But uh, it, it's really interesting, and I think uh, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 go really well together. Of course, the way Chapter 2 end leads right into to the Parabellum movie. And and like my buddy Arvin said, there is there's a big world that's being being created. This world of organized crime and hitmen and and well, I want to say bounty hunters because I'm a Star Wars nerd, but but there there is there is bounties. So I guess uh, bounty hunters isn't isn't completely off. Uh, but there, it's the world gets more and more complicated as the movies go along. Chapter three, it gets it gets a little a little a lot, <laughs> but there's still still that that lifeblood of of the the shooting and the the martial arts action, and uh, Keanu Reeves is just exemplary throughout the entire thing. Even though I thought the the chapter three movie got a little silly, I, I give that one probably like a a B or a B plus. If I was going to give it a grade, but but that said, it is it is a really really good trilogy. But indie indie is definitely going to beat it because there there's not a bad movie in my opinion, even with the problematic nature of Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom still sort of my favorite, but that's because it's the first Indiana Indiana Jones I ever saw, and so I'm a little nostalgic for it, I guess. But um yeah, I I, I think uh, I think Temple of Doom as as the lower of the the three indie movies uh is better than chapter three so of, of john wick and and star wars is just star wars so star wars reigns supreme it just just is what it is in my brain uh but that said it, it's a good trilogy and uh the way i watched them uh the first and second john wick movies were available on usa on demand and then hbo has uh john wick three and uh they they were really really enjoyable i was like man uh why did it take me so long to get to these movies and uh, I'm curious if they're gonna if they're doing the John Wick four about seeing it. I know it's not completely a geeky movie, but uh, I don't know. It has has world building and interestingness, and uh, really, I mean, I can't believe nobody just freaking said anything about Ian McShane being in the John Wick movies because I love me some Ian McShane. If he's in something, I'm gonna watch it. And I was like, hey, Ian McShane's in this. If someone had told me, I probably would have seen these earlier. <laughs> but uh, that the very first John Wick movie, man, that movie's that movie's. All close to perfection it's really really freaking good and uh they like i said chapter two is really really good and then chapter three keeps it going and once you're invested in the world then you'll you'll watch some more stuff but i mean tom cruise has been jumping into alligators mouths and and flying into space balls or whatever for in his mission impossible movie so they can keep making the john wick movies and i love me some keanu ever since bill and ted uh so yeah yeah, ever since Point Break, <laughs> Keon is my my main man cousin. I love that Canadian. So yeah, I enjoyed the John Wick trilogy. Um, what else? You know, there are, there are some some shows that I watched. Uh, I did an entire rewatch of The Mandalorian, and f- man, that that show is is really 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 freaking good. Uh, and and surprisingly, it's, it was a perfect binge. It, it was so so easy to go go through those eight episodes and and just enjoy uh enjoy the hell out of it and and uh, yeah it's, it's just really good i even the episode five the the gunslinger watching it i was just like man i i really really <laughs> really enjoyed enjoyed it and you know i don't i don't know that i have have anything more that i can say um, than what you know, me and Danny already said when we when we went through our, our spoiler talk for all of it. 
but it's it's just really good and if you if you've not yet enjoyed the goodness that is the mando on uh on disney plus you uh you definitely are uh you're missing out because it it's freaking good good fracking stuff man it's so dang good man mando and ugnots and 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 all that stuff it, it just i i enjoy enjoy the hell out of that and and in that vein i'm really really enjoying the uh the behind the scenes that uh that is going on going on for uh the mandalorian it's on disney plus it's a uh, disney gallery the mandalorian uh, they've had five episodes now. I already talked about the first four, but episode five was all about practical effects. And if you were looking for the episode that was going to show you some of the the puppetry behind uh, Baby Yoda, it's there. But also, you know, the the actress who played played Quill, uh, the Ugnaught in in the show, or if you wanted to know stuff about IG Eleven, um, or if you wanted to to see lots of practical stuff, the from the Sandcrawler to the blasters. To, to so much more it was really neat it was a good episode and i i like these little behind the scenes because they're like like 28 32 minutes long they're they're not super super long real quick you can watch it in a short little sitting and uh, they bring you so much if you want to know about the actors or the the volume for the digital effects that that episode four was really really good probably my favorite or if you want to see dave filoni give you a speech to make you maybe believe that the prequels actually mean something uh, or hear the actors talking, Gina Carano and Carl Weathers, and um, and, uh, and the guy that I always forget his name, who who sort of plays a Mandalorian, but actually was Brendan Wayne, but that's Pedro Pascal. <laughs> but but yeah, I almost had me a Wayne Zielinski moment. But uh, it's it's really good, Mandalorian uh, episode five or Disney Gallery Gallery of the Mandalorian. Uh, I watched the second episode of Snowpiercer, uh, season one, episode two, and and. What can I say? But uh, they're they're finding a way to answer a lot of my questions that I had from that Chris Evans movie. Uh, there, there's a lot more going on. How they get their meat, and uh, more about how the rich people are living, and, and stuff going on with the the rear passengers, and the the I see a fortress to class, and uh, and and you know the dangers of the outside world are really there, and it. It's a it's a fun show, and they're they're showing so much more of the train, the one thousand and one cars, and uh, so far so good. Two episodes in, and I'm digging it. Seven years after they boarded the Snowpiercer train, and uh, it's it's righteous. And Jennifer Connelly's good in it, and David Diggs is good in it, and uh, I think it's fun. And if you enjoyed the movie, you'll probably enjoy the show. Although I don't think you have to have watched the movie to enjoy the show at all, not one bit. So there you go. <laughs> I think it's on TNT. Uh, Star Girls season one, episode two, and man, uh, the show is is fun. You can definitely see that it was like made for like they wanted to put it on DC Universe because uh, some of the effects seem a little bit better than uh, what would be on a DCW show just because of budget stuff. But uh, yeah, it's good, and they're already already leaning in really really nicely with uh, the dynamic between Star Girl and her stepdad, and I I like I like all the connections. Uh, with the the injustice society, you know, and, and brainwave, you know, going as a villain, and I like I like stripe, like the design of the robot, and and they they they, you know, it it already got a got a little bit dark, and I was like, hey, <laughs> that's a uh, pretty freaking cool, and and I I like that you know Breck Basinger is Courtney Whitmer. She she Ripmore she's doing a, a really really good job and I like that they they got somebody like Luke Wilson to pay Pat Dugan to play Stripesy <laughs> and 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 I enjoy the the big battle that goes down at the end of it and I see where they're they're setting up things and then you know they're leaning in hard to that injustice society with the way episode two ends and uh, it, it's good me and me and Heather are enjoying Star Girl so far. And uh, while it is definitely set in high school, I, I like it, and I like that you know I don't feel like uh, that Courtney Whitmore is actually like being like pushed off like as a, a sex symbol, you know what I mean? Which I always find that problematic when it's like teenagers in a show and like they're really leaning hard into like the sexiness of it, like her costume. Of course, it it is it is a superhero costume, so it's it's not super baggy. But I do appreciate that her shorts aren't like spandex where you see every curve of her body. And the actress is 18 years old, so if you're watching it, you don't have to feel like a complete dirty old man. 
you know, because technically she's legal. But as, as a 40-year-old man who's 22 years older than her, I'm like, yeah, no, I got kids older than that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I like, you know, that they're they're setting up from the comic her, her friends who could become the new Justice Society. And uh, I, I like everything going on in Blue Valley. And I, I think I think it's a so far so good. It's a fun show. It's a I, I appreciate that. And I want to see some some Solomon Grundy for sure. Uh, and uh, I I want to see the other the other you know villains of of uh, the the Injustice Society. And also I'd like to see some more uh, you know some more Joel McHale as Starman. I still can't believe they cast Joel McHale as Starman. Uh, but I would I would like to see more of the Justice Society. I do want some Doctor Midnight and and Hawkman and Iron Man and, and Wildcat. But I also want some uh, some baddies. I want to I want to see what Solomon Grundy looks like and and kicking some CGI. But I I do want to see Wizard and Icicle and and Sportsmaster. <laughs> I think uh, I think all of that could be really really fun. And uh, so far so good with Star Girl. Um, I also watched the premiere episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, their final season, and oh my goodness, that 1931 Detective Noir, Chronicon, Thread, Snippin', S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't even a thing yet, oh, it was, it was good, it was freaking good, oh, the way Coulson is in it, it's amazing, and uh, I, I just, man, I watched it and I was like, fuck it's so good and uh hopefully it'll just keep going like this and they'll finish off agents of shield on such a high note and uh, i really really thoroughly enjoy it i i think they found a really neat hook to to tie in the stuff that happened from uh, the previous season it was funny because heather watched it with me and she's not watched any of agents of shield so i'm trying to to catch her up and <laughs> and just explaining stuff like you know heather is really and no i probably don't talk about it on the podcast but she enjoys she enjoys her telenovelas her her soap operas and when i watch it i just you know all shake my head at whatever's going on i don't i don't know specifically what's going on in general hospital that's her favorite but you know, or she watches Charmed, and and you know, you'll be like, oh, it's a it's a a long lost twin, or or a murderer, or an alcohol, or whatever, and you know, I'll tease on it. But then I'm trying to explain Agents to Shield, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's Yo Yo. She had her arms cut off, but then she had like metal arms, and it was like a problem when she was trying to do her Yo Yo stuff. Oh, and that's that's Zeke. He's from the future, and the and the British lady. Well, that's his grandma. Uh, but they just found that out, and then of course <laughs> I'm like going through the different things, and I realize like, yes, my little geeky soap operas that are these shows that I watch, and it's okay, it really, really is okay. <laughs> but Agents of Shield, yeah, check it out. It just started and 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 hell hell to the ad, and because it's ABC, you can watch all of the episodes on Hulu. And uh, I guess last but not least, uh, I'm still not talking about uh, Clone Wars. Uh, because the very next episode of the podcast that's going to come out is uh, not just me, Blue, and uh, Danny the Deuce, but Darth John as well. Four of us talking about uh, Season 7 of The Clone Wars and also uh, talking a little bit more. And uh, I'm really, really excited for, for that episode to hit everybody's ear holes. Um, I did watch a bunch of episodes in preparation for that so i figured just real quick i'm gonna drop uh 20 episodes that i think are good i actually a while back went over the 20 episodes that disney plus said to watch before watching season seven but these are episodes that i went back and watched because they're episodes that i enjoyed and i wanted to talk about it so um in in order season one episode five uh just a whole bunch of clones versus droids uh, while the Separatists try to sneak attack Kamino's cloning facility. A cemented Captain Rex is a badass. Also fives and echoes and heavy. It's so good. Season 1, episode 22, the debut of Cad Bane. Uh, really good. And it's stuff that's going down in the Senate building on uh, on uh, Coruscant. Uh, season 2, episodes 12 to 14. I just love the whole Duchess Satine, Mandalore, and Death Watch arc. Uh, without Clone Wars, there wouldn't be a Darksaber for Rebels and other things. Uh, and when that weapon first showed up, I was intrigued. And I think this is worth checking out. Season 2, Episode 17, Bounty Hunters. All, what do I have to say besides it's a Kurosawa tribute? 
Really, really good. And uh, also the first time you get to meet Embo, who is the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Uh, season 3, episode 10, Heroes on Both Sides. Uh, it was a good good episode, especially if you want to, you know, when, when you get that, you know, episode 3... Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, there are heroes on both sides. <laughs> this 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 is dealing with you know like the seeing people from behind their eyes sometimes makes a difference. And are the separatists evil? Is the Senate the good guys? Well, make your own opinion. Uh, but uh, that was a good episode, and I liked that uh, it was Padme Amidala centric. Season three, episode twelve, Night Sisters. You gotta love a, a episode that gives a lot of really good development for Asajj Ventress. Uh, and I mean, come on, she has she has a tragic history, and there's a pajama shadow ninja lightsaber battle at the end of it. Uh, season three, episode fifteen to seventeen, it's the Mortis arc. If you want to know the weirdness of that, you have to watch it. And also, uh, when you first get to Mortis, it looks a lot like uh, Pandora from the Blue Cat People Avatar movies. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with Avatar The Last Airbender, which is the superior Avatar. Season 4, episode 18. Uh, that was, was interesting just because you get to see a lot of Sidious Palpatine manipulation on his home planet of Naboo. And also more Cad Bane and Bounty Hunters. And uh, some cool stuff for Obi-Wan. Uh, season 4, episode 21, that's the return of Spider-Butt Mall. If you wanted to to know uh, what Spider-Butt Mall looks like, that's the episode you watch. Season 4, episode 21. Uh, season 5, episode 6, Younglings. And it's my favorite of the Younglings episode. And you know I'm going to be stoked for Gungi, the Wookiee Youngling. So, and his wooden lightsaber. <laughs> uh, season 5, episode 16, Darth Sidious versus Maul versus, and Savage Opress. Uh, yes. That's probably my favorite lightsaber battle, short of uh, the very last episode I'll mention. Uh, season 5, episode 19 to 20, uh, the whole Ahsoka's trial uh, by the Jedi. It's really, really good, so that's worth checking out. Season 6, episode 1, I dig it because it goes uh, pre-Order 66 in the clones. And there's there's more episodes to go after that that are worth watching. But uh, Season 6, Episode 10, I enjoyed that because sifo and Darth Tyrannus and uh, Dark Side Clone Connections and uh, the entire threads unraveling leading to Episode 3. And then from Season 7, Episode 10. That fight, though, <laughs> so good. And uh, I disagree with Danny. I don't think Darth Maul sucks. Uh, but I, I did think it was weird when he came back with the spider butt. But, but uh, the stuff that they did with them after he came back is amazing, and I enjoyed it. And that wraps up another episode of Laugh It Up Fuzzballs. Uh, if you listened all the way through, including my seven-minute uh, little diatribe, thanks. I appreciate you. And uh, I appreciate you listening, and and you know I appreciate the opportunity just to to have a, a platform where I where I can talk for seven minutes about something like that, but also talk about some some silly geeky stuff that can take your mind off of the suck of the world because there is there's a lot going on in the world. There's always a lot going on in the world, but some this year 2020 it, it feels like more, and uh, it's it's good to have friends good to have family i hope everybody's being safe and washing their hands and 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 doing what's right you know social distancing and and all the extra measures you know maybe maybe they're not needed but they're they're certainly not going to hurt uh and uh yeah you know what i mean i don't know there's there's still parts of me that's like wookie like fight the power and there's other parts of me where i'm like you know some some things in the system are bad and uh yeah punk rock punk rock joe the wookie riot would really hate me and that's okay that's okay. That that kid has no idea what, what's in store for him. But uh, lots of geek stuff. Really, really cool geek stuff in store for him. So I guess I guess that young kid has that going for him. <laughs> but I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, thanks, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being classy. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. TTFN. Wookie out. Black Lives Matter. <laughs>